Hello and welcome to this episode of the ESG Fitness Podcast. This is a Q&A episode with new coach... No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> but you look amazing. Oh, thanks. If you are uh, listening and you're not watching live, Shona, me personally... Sorry, I was about to talk in third person and I know that was a deal breaker. Uh, I've had my hair cut and I look amazing. You do. Is it, is it fleek? Is that one of the on words that they fleek. use? On fleek, I've got it long on top, shaved at the sides. I'm back to people questioning my sexuality, and I'm happy about it. Do you have it shaved on both sides? Yeah, and all the way around the back as well. But then you just wear it to like one side at the front. Um, yeah, but it's it's actually quite a um versatile haircut you can wear it forward you can wear it to the other side you can wear it to that side you could wear it up with i can wear it all the way up yeah and then i can wear it all the way back oh so many options options. do you know what i thought of um a new deal breaker this morning (gasps) and that Mm -hmm. is i don't know if you've ever experienced this but when and also i think it might just be when the chat is really bad but um, if someone, and let's say this is like one or two dates in, says something like, so tell me something you've never told anyone before. That's oh. a deal breaker for me. This is date number two. I'm, not I'm going like, to be why would I tell you that? My <laughs> or like, tell me a secret. I'm like, no. <laughs> Whisper in the ear. You're boring as fuck. <laughs> Yeah, come here. I've got something really interesting to show you. Get some Do you know what Stephen when asked that? They uh, they think that they're really doing bits. They're yeah. like, I am so nailing it with this question. But it's actually like <laughs> quite uh it's like it's quite intimidating. It's like a lot. It's intrusive, isn't it? I, I just can't imagine that you ever get a good response from that. Like if you no. did actually come out with like a really deep dark secret, it'd be a bit like Oh, <laughs> you're sitting there like, yes, actually, I'm a serial killer, and you're going missing later on. Yes. The last person who I dated is not alive anymore. <laughs> it's because she was 95. <laughs> <laughs> That's just got a bit weird. <laughs> oh. Okay, um, let's rattle through some questions. Let's rattle through. So we're answering a few questions from last week's thread, and then we've got a whole new thread from yesterday so let's start with um helen's question do you still work out if aching from one two or three days ago i did spin today instead of aching from legs and arms oh i did spin today instead as aching from legs and arms but wondered if i should just power through the only ways that you're going to get over muscle soreness is to go and do it all again so provided not like you think the differentiation is between muscle like sort of doms and actually you've done something that's detrimental to yourself. Um, what you'll normally find is if you go in and like say if you've got stiff legs going and doing maybe a little bit of mobility work, just get legs moving, like go for a walk, you'll find that they loosen off and you can probably train again. Um, but I think it's probably it's a I know especially it's difficult when you're a kind of class as a newbie because you don't really know what to expect. Um, but a lot of it's about trying and testing. See if you can do it. And if you can, perfect, get another session in. If it's really not great, 
shift to potentially shift to upper body and try that. Yeah, I think the other thing to note is like the first weeks, like you're all on the first, well, this question was from the first week of Commit to Six, like it is going to be painful or like you are probably going to get quite a lot of doms, but you'll notice that even this week is probably not as bad and next week won't be, you know, be even less severe. So I would just work through it. Do remember to take your rest days though as well. Like if you know yeah. you're going to get really bad doms after a legs workout, like you'll find to take a rest day and then train the next day. And I think the other thing about rest days is be quite intuitive with them. You might have what's planned, but that doesn't necessarily have to be what you do. And that could be due to just like life getting in the way. Like, oh, you know, today actually I don't have that hour free anymore to go to the gym. So I'll do it another day. Like as long as the sessions get done, don't stress out too much about when you get them done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. <clears throat> Sarah, doing everything I'm meant to be doing diet-wise and feeling a little depleted, exhausted from all the morning routine and workout and 12,000 steps. Anything I can do for this? So the morning routine is actually optional. You don't have to do the morning routine, so you can take it's that It's not out. optional in the first week. Oh, is it not? No, I like everyone to do it at least for the first week. But I will say... It's five uh-huh. minutes, max. Yeah, okay. So I think when you start changing your routine, you are going to be tired because mm-hmm. it's completely different to what you've been doing previously. Yeah. And sometimes it's just a case of just getting through <laughs> it and realizing that by week two, it's going to be easier. Week yeah. three, it's even easier. I think your, your shift in thought pattern is probably the biggest one in that because you are still be especially because this is from week one you're probably waking up going oh no i need to do this mm. whereas by week two hopefully you're like oh i'm waking up right i'm gonna do this the week three you're it's not even thought process anymore it just happens you get up you do your stuff get done and mm. um, so i think a lot of it is that mental exhaustion of right it's not that you're it might not be that you're tired physically but you're mentally exhausted because you're having to think about a lot more which is kind of why we have everything planned out for you so you don't really have to think about it yeah um and didn't you record a podcast about how diets are hard and sometimes sometimes you have to lean into that you said that you're feeling a little bit depleted you're not completely exhausted you're not completely depleted you're you've made a massive change maybe to your routine it's going to have an impact on your energy levels but then as you said, you're just a little bit depleted. You'll get over it. Yeah, I think even if you think of it like grand scheme, like a workout or something, like it's meant to be a bit hard, right? Because it's pushing you a little bit outside your comfort zone. Then yeah. you adapt to that and then you grow. Like think of that as like a like a magnified version of what you're doing to your lifestyle. So yeah, like there will be a time period where it's a bit harder. Exactly what Andy said. These things haven't become routine yet. You haven't quite figured out exactly how to fit them in your life in the best way so at the moment it will require conscious effort to do these things but over Mm -hmm. time it just becomes like almost habitual like it's what I do I get up I do my morning routine and then I go out for my walk and like this is just what I do now and it becomes Mm -hmm. easier so if you're struggling with like the first week or two like that's completely normal don't don't think of it as a bad thing And, and Shona's point's amazing like it is meant to be a little bit hard and I think it the message that we put out I can see how that can get misinterpreted because a lot of people that come to us have been trying very hard but putting their efforts in the wrong place 
Yes. And so it almost seems like easier for them to get results when they realize where they should be putting their efforts. Or a lot of the time we'll say things like, you know, diet, dieting doesn't have to be miserable. Like it doesn't have to be that hard. You don't win anything for making your diet harder than it needs to be. However, mm. realistically, it is somewhat hard. Like yeah. th there's no escaping the fact that there will be some compromises to be made that not every day you will feel like doing the workout that's planned or going for the walk that you had to do to get your steps in. That's, that's why it's hard to stay in shape. That's why it's hard to get in shape. But it's also kind of why it's so rewarding when you do, because things that are hard are extremely rewarding. Mm -hmm. Totally agree. <clears throat> okay, um, Joanne, any tips on emotional eating? I have a child with autism and ADHD. Keeping calm during a meltdown is exhausting and my coping response has become eating anything bad I can find. Do you know what's so cute is that there's just like some care responses to that. Quite Like some people have just put a little care response. That's really cute, isn't it? There's been such good... Um, I know we say this like every time, but I think this is the best intake. <laughs> like it's just been so nice like seeing in the group someone will put something up about struggling about something and like I'll come to it and I'm like, everyone has answered this 50 times better than what I would have said. So I'm like, maybe just read this post and this post and what this person said, because uh, that's amazing. I actually think that probably there would be people in the group that would be better at answering this question than us, because we none of us have any children yet. So we aren't used to dealing with things like that. And I'm absolutely positive there it is among the hundreds of members that we've got, someone who is experiencing the same thing and, and is is maybe like quite equipped to deal with it. Um, but have you got anything off the top of your head that you can think of? Well, I guess more broadly, it's emotional eating, isn't it? Yeah. And yeah. we do cover this quite a lot. And I'm not saying it's easy to do, but you need to find other coping mechanisms so that you're not mm. just reaching for, for quote unquote bad food or anything that you can find to eat. It is a numbing technique. You are trying to avoid the feelings that you're feeling. I know that probably the last thing you want to do is like, oh, I kind of want to emotionally eat. No, do you know what? I'll journal. But actually, like getting it out on paper or talking to someone if you can, that's so much more useful to actually deal with your emotions rather than just eat as a way of numbing them or eat as a way of avoiding the situation. It's really great that you figured out that's what you do because I think that's like the first step is being like okay this is how I am responding to this situation and it's not helpful to me at the moment but then I guess the hard thing is figuring out like a different coping mechanism um so you can actually deal with the problem mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and did you have anything to add on that no I think that's pretty much it's pretty I mean pretty well covered there by Emma to be fair yeah yeah um, I'm sorry, I just asked that because I lost the thread. <laughs> um, as I say, um, jo Joanne, if you're obviously if you're listening, pop that up in the group as like a main yeah. post, and you'll get some really good answers back off that one. Mm, yeah, unfortunately, absolutely. I think Catherine has just left committed, but she is almost like exactly in this position. Yeah, or is like caring for one of her children. And who often is up all night having seizures and things and like how she deals with that like, probably would be really useful. But unfortunately, I think she just left. Mm. Oh, right. Okay, <clears throat> Scott, is it okay to do some light warm up 
slash technique exercises after my weight session. Typically, it would be athletics type warm up with a few short sprints. There's no reason why you can't do it, but the sort of warm up stuff after a session is kind of not really sure how that works. You might be better to do that beforehand if it's a warm up, just to get yourself moving for your session. But I generally end sessions with things like sprints, etc. So yeah, there's no reason as long as you're recovering well enough that you're being able to get your sessions done later on in the week. There's no reason why you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Okay, Nicola. Digestive enzymes. I struggle occasionally with bloating, not the normal kind after eating, and it can be really uncomfortable. Do you think supplementing with digestive enzymes would have any benefit? No. I've not seen anyone benefit from digestive enzymes, really. Um, happy to be wrong about that, but I just really don't think it would. Uh, I also, yeah, I mean, there's quite a lot of things like how your stomach acid would respond to those and like if it would even be of any benefit. Uh, if you are struggling with bloating and it and it's not, quote unquote, the normal kind, I would go and see your doctor. Like, first of all, I would keep a diary of what you've been eating, what it could possibly be. It can also be things like stress. It's not necessarily a food. So if you can keep a diary of when this happens and if you can sort of place together anything that was going on at that time, whether it's stress or food or sleep or how hydrated you were, like it could literally be so many different things. Then maybe see a specialist if you can't figure out what it is and avoid that yourself. Um, That would be my advice. Great. Okay, this is the last question on the thread. Uh, and it's such a good one. Lynn, I am loving my workout so far. No real issues or questions, but was just wondering if Andy has ever thought about doing a podcast. I am really enjoying listening to Shona Strong podcast and learning so much from the ESG podcast. I would love a real talk podcast. She's even got the title. Of, she's even got the name of the podcast for you, Andy. You kind of have to now, don't you? Probably going to have to do that now. I'm gonna, sounds like a good plan. Yeah, it's going to be very much don't listen to it with kids in the room, though, I think. <laughs> I've got a feeling it will also be like 10 minutes long. You'll be 10 minutes and that's it. Be, any more info could be like, I can't listen to this anymore. Turn <laughs> off. <laughs> Volume down. Right, well done, guys. We made it to the end of a thread. Was that fun? See you next week. Uh, <laughs> oh, this is the- funny. Hannah's just commented saying, loving the hair, Shona. And Hannah has exactly the same haircut. <laughs> She does, yeah. And guess what? Lesbian. (laughs) (laughs) I just love the vibe. Like, I can't really put my finger on it without maybe saying something that's a bit, like, generalising. But I love that it makes me feel, like, a bit more strong. Hmm. It must be a Shona thing, because Shona that I work with, she's just had her haircut as well. Very, really, not short as yours, but that's where she's wanting to go. She's got hers is like down to shoulder level now. Is it what? And she's gonna get an undercut. See if I can fight. She's out there. Do you want me to go and tell her to come and so you can see? Yeah. Really great for everyone listening to the podcast. Obviously, (laughs) this is definitely a a view by one. They want to see your new hairdo. Oh man, it's all curly. (laughs) I I like curly. Oh, that's lovely, Sean. Oh, you've cut your hair. 
<gasps> oh, you rock the shaved bit. That's what I'd like to eventually do. Do it, Shona. And it would look so good with your curly hair. Do it. I'd quite like the wee big curly sweep over here. That would be cool. Yes. Yep. I, I think that would, you could do that. Yeah. I really like that, Shona. You suit that a lot. Thank you. Thanks very much. So did you get, did you get it dyed as well? Oh, yeah. All the bleach. I was in the hairdressers for six hours. Emma, you would have hated it. I know. I was thinking, because when I messaged you, I'd obviously spoken to Paul earlier, and he was like, oh, Shona's just going to the hairdresser. And then it was like six o'clock and you're still there. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, but my hair is so dark and they, they kept being like, more bleach, more bleach. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually speaking about your hair, Emma, the other day to uh, Mia. I was like, I wonder if she dips her hair in the toilet when she sits down. But I never wear it down. Oh, do you not? Oh, All yeah. right, okay. It's also just one massive dreadlock at the moment, so that's always that's great. <laughs> I, lo- I, lo- I love how we're now giving out hair advice on podcast. Yeah. Yeah. But I-, I was wanting to know if she like dips it in the bowl when she sits down. <laughs> it's that that sounds like a purpose, but like as if I would do it on purpose. Like just dip that. <laughs> anyway, I think we should get on with the next question. Yes. I'll see you on Friday when you come yes. through. Excited yes! Excited to see you. Oh, I'm excited to see you too. Enjoy your podcast, guys. Thanks, bye. <laughs> this is real life. This is real life podcasts. Life is happening. Do you know what <laughs> I've always wanted to do, which is effectively this, is just what? have like a radio, like a radio show, not a podcast. I mean, what's the difference? Nothing, really. Do you know what I love when people phone someone on a podcast? Yeah, like, me listen. too. It's so exciting. I don't know why. It, it, yeah, and it, and it, it always amazes me that they always manage to speak to people that are like so good chat without even knowing that they're on a podcast. Do you think it's so, more yeah. natural though? Because I think sometimes when people are on a podcast, they like freak out a little bit. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Possibly. Right. Shall we get back to the questions? Right, Julia. So I've seen a few posts about this and I think I may also struggle. When I go back to the office, it's going to be a lot harder to get my steps in. I currently average 15 and a half a day. I think I will still get to 12, but it'll be a stretch and workouts will drop from five to maybe three or four a week. I know the reduced steps will impact NEAT, although due to the law of diminishing returns, the 3K drop actually might not impact much. Should I plan to change calories or am I just overthinking this and just go with it and adjust when the scales stop falling she's on 1500 calories question answered she answered it herself she did and also so impressed with the podcast knowledge (laughs) i know from the law of diminishing returns love it yeah i i would do exactly that i would just keep everything as you are the the truth of it is you might be in a slightly reduced deficit but you're definitely still going to be in a deficit so I wouldn't worry about it and also I think the cost in terms of adherence and enjoyment of food of dropping your calories from like 1500 to 1400 just isn't worth it I think that 100 calories depending on where you are in your journey isn't like worth the extra deficit so like going from 1500 to 1400 to me seems like quite a big jump like I find 1500 very easy to stick to I find 1400 really quite hard to stick to. So for me, like that jump wouldn't be worth it, even if it meant slightly quicker rates of fat loss. And really, 
what that's an extra 700 calories a week like it's not a huge amount anyway um next question do you want another question let me just uh, quickly answer this from annabelle because we actually just answered this but she's obviously just jumped on she says is it fine to do a workout when you have doms from the day before and the answer is yes and also loads of people are loving shona's hair maybe i should get an undercut do it no (laughs) Um, google polish plate if you're listening plate as in like plate p-l-a-i-t and that's Why what do it you was say it plate then? Is See, plat? I would plat. Yeah. I would say it plat. Plat. Polish plat. Polish plat. plat. <laughs> she was Google she was being all up, Mark. Oh, Polish plates. <laughs> no, actually, like if you've got a second, Google it. Plates. Polish plates. It's when you like just you let your hair mat, and then you've got like basically one big giant stinking mat all the nah. way down your head is it, like is, that a, is it like a beaver's tail yes looks exactly <gasps> like that. yeah why though why yeah because they, yeah. they don't brush or wash their hair i'm not talking about polish people it is just called <laughs> the, it's called polish fat oh god <laughs> people are coming offending the gays <laughs> offending <laughs> polish people you're taking the big, you're taking the hair <laughs> yeah the hair has taken control of shona <laughs> <laughs> the sass is back <laughs> do you remember that episode of the simpsons where like i think homer got a hair transplant and then turned into yeah. like a serial killer <laughs> <laughs> that I'm actually impressed the fact that you've seen a Simpsons episode, to be fair. Well, when I was a child, I did have a TV. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Fiona. Do you know what's great? Liv is watching what? and 90% sure she's Polish. Len, I'm sure your hair is very clean and that you brush <laughs> it every day. <laughs> okay. Anyway, shall we answer another question? Um, how to break away from the athlete all or nothing mindset this mindset will definitely work for some people and when I did competitive sport stopped about three years ago I was all in which led to success but I now find that doesn't allow me to have the balance in my day-to-day life and I end up in a restriction binge cycle how can I find the right balance for me oh what a good question it's a good question, but and I think it's one of those ones where if you're not currently an athlete, it's coming to terms with the fact that that's the case because mm-hmm. it's difficult to let that go. Like if you've if that's all you've known and that's you've always given everything, it's very difficult to drop back and try and go back to just going. Well, actually, I don't need to be perfect because your life previously was about perfection and trying to, to attain everything that you could. So it's understanding that probably more than anything else. Mm. I had I have a one-to-one client that I've had this conversation with this week. So she's starting a new business. She also wants to get really good at the sport that she takes part in. And she also wants to enjoy social life and see all her friends when lockdown ends. And she's like, she's got a job as well. And she's like, Shona, how do I make it all work? And I was like, Sometimes you just can't make it all work. And I used Emma as an example because Emma, like... Clearly you're... can't make it all work. Wait a second. 
because she's running like three businesses that are massive and now she's starting a fourth one I'm probably wrong with the numbers maybe it's like 10 and 11 I don't know um, but she's basically running loads of businesses what fifth right okay so she's starting her fifth one um she also uh what else do you do <laughs> Yeah, sorry. So she's running all those businesses, but training is not your priority right now. You managed to fit it in, but you've just accepted that like your aesthetic goals aren't the, the priority right now. And also like you're not really massively into like drinking at the weekends or like doing loads of socializing. So your priorities, you have to decide what that are, what they are. And yeah. everything else takes a back seat for us for a while. Yeah, I mean, there's different ways of looking at this and you don't have to go, again, that would almost be quite an extreme. It's like, cool, I'm going to sacrifice all this for this. Like, you can just compromise things. But I do think what you've said is important. Like, set out your values. Okay, at the moment, what's the most important to me? And where should I be placing my efforts? And if you're starting a business, maybe a lot of that effort should be placed there and you might have to sacrifice doing the two I mean for me it was like I didn't want to spend not that I could now but like two hours in the gym when it was open like I'm not mm-hmm. going to go back to that because I just don't have the time to spend there and I also it's not as important to me anymore and I don't have those same goals so mm-hmm. part of it's just realizing like those are your values but also when you realize how much you can get from very little time if you use it productively mm. is quite an eye-opener as well but I've done a few podcasts on this because it's something that I definitely struggled with, like changing from like a perfectionist mindset into, you know, what's practical and the fact that I do want some balance in my life. And and I, a lot of it is the realization that you don't need to be perfect to get results and actually far from it. And often that's mm-hmm. what's holding you back. And kind of in this question, she's like, I'm stuck between this like on off mentality. So many people get stuck there thinking that they need to be perfect or there's no point. And when you realize that actually you're probably going to get like 80% of your results from being imperfect. And it's only that like tiny extra. And I would say even like 5 to 10% that you would get from doing absolutely everything right, which was important when you were an athlete. It's not important anymore. So I think realizing that, looking again at things like the law of diminishing returns and how much you're going to get from like your first efforts and making sure that the effort, because I know that like Orla is a doctor, so she's very busy as well. Mm-hmm. So making sure that like the time she has is used effectively and efficiently, um, that's going to be important. And yeah, go back and listen to the Perfectionist pod- uh, podcast, because I think one of the things that like the mindset that holds you back is often that if you don't hold yourself to these perfectionist standards, that you'll just get lazy. And that's mm-hmm. completely not what happens. And I'm sure it won't be what happens with Orla either. Mm-hmm. It was actually Fiona, but I think Orla was in the thread. Oh, sorry. It's all right. Fiona, uh, I, don't, I don't know if you're a doctor as well. But that would be convenient. Yeah. Okay, from Claire. Now that restrictions have eased in England, I'm nervous about how I handle these impromptu drinks and dinners with friends and family. I've just moved back to my hometown so that 
combined with lockdown lifting means that socialising and the inevitable unplanned calories are very likely, which I'm looking forward to. Uh, I find it hard adherence-wise to save 100 calories every day from my calorie allowance to compensate for these sorts of things. So I'm wondering if you have any tips, advice, mindset shifts I can make to help me handle these unplanned things without feeling anxious about doing being too strict or worrying I will spiral. Andy? I think, um, I think this is a big one for a lot of people just now. And I think one of the things that I've been saying to a lot of like clients and stuff is that you do need to remember that socialising doesn't need to involve food and alcohol. You can do other things. Like you don't need to go out and get have a skin full of alcohol and get smashed and then eat everything that's in the cupboard. Like that's not like socialising. You're there for the people, not for the other stuff's just a consequence of being there. Um, but also just remembering that, like you know, you can still go out and be mindful about what you're doing and not like just sit there and go. I'll have the two glasses of wine, and when I get offered the third one, I'm just going to say no. It's fine. I'm going to have a, I'm going to have like a soda water and lime or something instead. I think we need to remember that no is a perfectly valid word to use and say no. I'm fine, thanks. And I think that's one of those ones where I think it's trying to get around that mindset shift of if you want to go after something, as we said in the previous question, there's going to be a little bit of give and take, and. Unfortunately, if you want to get somewhere with your physique or with your health or whatever it is you're trying to do, sometimes there's going to be a little bit of sacrifice. We're not saying that you need to not have a life, but you're maybe going to have to say, oh, I'm going to go for the slightly lighter option on the menu for food, and I'm only going to have one glass of wine rather than a bottle. So, you know, you've got that sort of seesaw of which is, you know, you can choose which way you want to go. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And as you were saying that, it's just quite interesting as well that so much of it is a mindset. Like some people would sort of hear that and be like, right, I'm I'm only allowing myself two glasses of wine. I feel massively restricted on that. I feel like I'm not enjoying myself. I haven't been able to let loose. I haven't been able to enjoy this time. Whereas if you come at it from a completely different mindset of like Andy's saying, like you're there to enjoy the people, whether you drink or not is kind of inconsequential like but i get that it's actually quite hard for a lot of people to get into that headspace and i don't know if i've got an exact answer for that other than just sort of reiterating that is that the reason you're there is to see people is to enjoy the experience and so much of how you feel like restriction is a feeling and like different people will perceive different things to be restricted or restrictive Mm -hmm. It's, it's mental, like, I, obviously, the three of us are teetotal or virtually teetotal. And, like, watching what's happened, because obviously up here in Scotland, we, we are still under restrictions until to a week on Monday. And seeing people queuing up at 8am to go to the pub. No. Like, I'm sitting going, like, there was, there was fights in pub, in, like, pub beer gardens at 10 past 8 in the morning. Like, what can, like... Why? I, this is going to sound like I don't mean to sound like somebody looking down from like a pedestal or anything like that, but who the fuck goes and a goes for a pint at five past eight in the morning, and b thinks it's a smart idea to be drinking at that time in the day? Like, you know, I'm just because gyms are going to be reopened at mid one minute past midnight on the twenty sixth doesn't mean I'm going to go to the gym at fucking five past twelve. Like, I'm sorry, but I've got better things to do in my life. It's 
like it's just crazy. I think it is that that restriction thing where people feel like they've had something taken away from them, and then they're just going to get all loose and go ape shit about it. And you're just like, that's not like that's not normal. It's the same thing as folk going on holiday. Like I, because I'm teetotal, like I obviously people will be like, oh, but you're you're shaded view because you don't drink. But like if I'm going on holiday, like seeing folk having like a pint, it's five past six in the morning in an airport. I'm sitting looking and going. I can't even handle food at this time, let alone a fucking pint. Like, that's just pushing the boat. I just have to, I, I just understand that sort of mindset on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know what you mean. And I wonder if people aren't giving themselves enough credit as well. Like, they mm-hmm. think that they're going to turn up at the pub and just, like, the, the red mist will descend and they will, they'll just, like, be lying under the table like an hour or two later it's not going to be like that you're you've developed all these amazing habits in lockdown and in commit to six like you've developed self-control and discipline and you will be able to still use that yeah yeah it's funny isn't it it's like a grand scheme over restriction Mm -hmm. over indulgence cycle of like we've mm-hmm. had a whole year of like staying inside so it's like everyone wants to quote unquote make up for all of the beer that they could have had during that time it's just a but the funny thing is is that those people will have been going to tesco and getting it cheaper and having more of it at home than they would be at the pub so mm-hmm. like you've actually not been restricted in the slightest because if you want an alcoholic beverage you can have an alcoholic beverage you just have it in the house or in the garden where you were allowed, when you were allowed to socialise with friends in the garden. So actually, the restriction hasn't been there. It's not like we've been in. It's not like we've had prohibition where there's been zero alcohol anywhere that you cannot get your hands on any form of alcoholic beverage or takeout. And it, people seem to have that mindset. It's like it's gone back to like the, the bloody in America with the prohibition, like. Pubs are back open again. Oh my god, I can't miss out. It's like you've been drinking every day for the past six months because you've been going to Tesco and getting it. Like, what's it's it's just as it's reframing that mindset of like you haven't actually been restricted at any point. Like, you've been able to do everything you wanted to do. You can get takeouts if you want, you can go and get alcohol from the off license because none of them have been shut. But it's that mindset of Andy, it's essential. So that that's one thing like I don't understand, but I don't understand that. This isn't this is going away from alcohol now because I'm I'm off the soapbox. But we went for a walk on Sunday and we were in um Princess Street Gardens. So I went into Marks and Spencer's to get a couple of bottles of water because it was actually quite warm. Um and they're open and selling clothes. Yeah, they are. But that's not essential. No. Their food court's essential, but mm-hmm. the clothes aren't essential. And like so I think it's like, I think shops are being very loose about the rules that they're setting for themselves. Because there are other shops like Sports Direct and stuff that aren't open, Primark, etc. aren't open, but Marks and Spencers are. So you're sitting going, hmm, it's one rule for one, one rule for another, is it? Yeah, yeah, but if like, yeah, I think they're like, if you sell food, you can just generally be open. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. Do you remember at the very start of lockdown where, um, you were allowed to go to the supermarket, but you ha- could only buy essentials. And people were like buying things that weren't essential, but then feeling really guilty about it. I, did that even yeah. come in in Scotland? It it did for about two days. Yeah. And then I think the staff just went, oh, I'm not interested in this. Yeah. He's picked up jammy dodgers. I'm not going to say, yeah, like, the jammy dodgers back, mate. They're not essential. 
but yeah. Anyway. Okay, I think we that was like a good warm up for the first real talk podcast, Andy. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Lindsay, listen to the maintenance podcast. Listen to the maintenance podcast. I think she means listened, unless she's just telling everyone, listen to the maintenance <laughs> podcast. Okay. <laughs> okay, well, let's see. Next question. <laughs> uh, understand finding maintenance balance is a bit of trial and error. How many calories would you increase by initially and how many weeks would you see before it goes? Would you see how it goes before tweaking? Um, <clears throat> I think initially... <laughs> There's so many, it depends on this. Like, it would probably yeah. depend how much weight you've lost. It would probably depend the weight, the, sorry, rate of weight loss, because that's going to give us a bit of an indication as to how big a deficit you're in. Generally, I start people on like a 15 to 20% deficit. Now, by the end of their diet, that might be more like a 10 to 15% deficit, which means I probably start by bringing them up by about 10%. And again, I'll roughly be able to guesstimate what someone's maintenance is um so it might be slightly more than 10 percent, but i often start with 10 percent because a lot of people get you know a bit of a a bit scared about increasing their calories after they've been low so i start with 10 percent, then monitor and adapt and, and increase usually about every two weeks but again a lot of it is trial and error like like your weight will probably increase straight away just from more food volume and potentially a little bit of water retention if you're if you've increased the carbs in your diet and things like that um but that's probably quite a good start point if i was going to give a generic number to go for it would be 10 percent of calories yeah i think as well the thing with maintenance people need to as exactly as you said there Emma, is that folk freak out is because that first week you're going to see a weight jump because of food volume because of a little bit of water retention but you need to realise that similarly like to creatine, like loading with creatine, you may have a little bit of water retention, but it will even itself out. So that first week is the is the is a necessary evil where your weight will probably lift, but you just need to ride it out to see that week two, it's probably dropped again and it will settle in at that weight. I think that's why a lot of people freak out about coming back up to maintenance is because of that initial weight jump, which actually evens itself out across the board anyway. But they're they're always too quick to jump straight back to de- deficit after seeing week one of scale movement upwards. Oh, I got a cut back again, so they jump back on a deficit. Um, so, yeah, just play it and stick with the process. Yeah, I also think that often people make the mistake of just completely revamping their diet and changing their mindset to I'm off the diet now. And actually Mm. a lot of the time, like say it's a 10% increase and you're on 1500 calories. That's an extra 150 calories. That's really not very much. Like you could just add in, I don't know, a piece of toast with peanut butter or something. And that's probably going to do it for you. So I wouldn't, I would try and keep things quite structured in the same way that you were when you were dieting, at least initially, if, and this is a big if, like if you're worried about the weight gain, if you're, if you've got a bit of like a psychological barrier to coming up to maintenance, I would keep it as similar as possible and just add in something that is 150 to 200 calories. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Helen asks, when in a hypertrophy phase, is it better to increase the number of rest days 
would this have a beneficial effect on muscle growth? Thinking if I had one rest day a week when in my fat loss phase, should I now increase that to two a week? Even typing that makes me feel a bit lazy. Sorry to anyone who takes two or three rest days a week. <laughs> what, lazy. Guilty. <laughs> what do you think, guys? I think two rest days, yeah. Five days a week yeah. training for hypertrophy. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it means that you can really give more to those sessions as well. So, yeah, go for yeah. it, Helen. Uh, we answered the question about creatine in hot water. No, we didn't. We answered that in the group. All right, okay, okay. I was trying to get over that one. Okay, I'm going to mention the dirty word. Does heat affect creatine? I ask as I add my creatine to protein pancakes. So was wondering if cooking them affects the uptake. And then Katia said, I was going to ask this as I put it in my tea and coffee. That's disgusting. <laughs> Why? Why are you putting creatine in your coffee? I don't understand. I'll I'll be honest with you. Like creatine for me is not something that you're going to sit and sip and enjoy. Yeah, like I don't understand why you'd be putting it in your food. She says there's no taste. Fire it. She says there's no taste when she puts it in her tea or coffee. But then what's the like? I I just put it in like the tiniest bit of water. Swirl it round down it like i just yeah. can't see i mean i'm sure it's fine it's just a weird thing to do like it'd be a bit grainy mm-hmm. yeah a bit, bit gritty and sandy but i also like there's certain things as well i think this came up in the group as well about people putting protein powder in uh, porridge and stuff and you've really got to find the right protein powder that you can put in a porridge because it can go really badly wrong yeah especially when you're cooking it because it can it can actually burn quite badly um and I never know if you're meant to put it in after you've cooked it. I would generally put it in afterwards because it's it's pretty awful when you cook it. Mm -hmm. Um, It's pretty awful when you cook it. But then again, you you cook protein pancakes using protein powder. So this is this might seem gross, but I am obsessed with putting it in cottage cheese. I love cottage cheese, and I love the pineapple one as well. Yeah, pineapple cottage cheese and protein powder. Mm. What flavour of protein powder? Vanilla? No, birthday cake. Oh, winner. Winner, winner. Has it got sprinkles in it? No. Because I've had a birthday cake one that had sprinkles in it before no, and it did not like that. The, the, the birthday cake bars generally have sprinkles on them. Yeah. Yeah, Little they taste amazing, but they're so annoying. Like, if you eat them in the car and then it's just... They're all through the seat. They're all through the seat and stuff. You're like, shit, they're all over the place. Very impractical. Yeah. Okay, next question. Nikki, hey guys, I enjoy doing cardio workouts alongside strength training. Is strength cardio, strength cardio, strength a good split? Alternate days, in other words, or will the cardio hamper my weight training progress? No, absolutely fine. That sounds perfect. It's good that you're splitting up the days as well. Yeah. Especially if it's like if it's a hit class or a spin class, like that's gonna have very little impact. If on... you're running a marathon, it would make me to think about that, but not yeah. for a hit class or stuff. Yeah. Cool, Liz. Um, 
hey guys, I'm feeling excited about soon being able to go back to the gym, but also a little anxious. I know you've often said that people don't care, but the sad reality is there are people who judge or mock others in the gym environment and just generally. I know this is more a reflection on them than us, and it's more about building self-confidence and resilience, but some of this is fake and fake it until you make it. I guess I'm asking how do you all in what ways do you get into the right headspace and physically prepare for going into an uncomfortable or unfamiliar situation great question such a good question yeah and then Liz Liv has like guessed how we we would all approach it so she says Andy would be like just do it get your head out your arse and do it (laughs) pretty much what I was about to say headphones on music on strut your shit in the gym and then Shona would say yeah, just chuck on your favourite leggings and some good tunes and focus. <laughs> uh, and then Emma would say, those type of judgmental people are the sort you wouldn't choose as friends anyway. So uh, why listen to any other voice but your own? <laughs> oh my God, so we can just actually, does she just want to coach the group? <laughs> She's nailed it. Yeah, I think that I was basically people. almost exactly what I was going to say is just... Like, I get that, I mean, she's even said this in the question, like, it says more about the other person than it does about you or me or whoever's the one, quote unquote, being judged. But equally, like, it's just a really sad, like, I just feel more sorry for them. It's like with people that troll you on social media, like, they must have such a boring life to spend time and effort going onto someone's page to be negative, like. I and as much as it, I think people just think it's an attempt to be like patronizing and it is patronizing but I do feel a bit sorry for them like imagine that was your life doing stuff like that or like mm-hmm. if you just felt so insecure about yourself that you would just be judging everyone else I think we also need to remember that this just doesn't just happen in the gym so how do you deal with it anywhere else if you go out for drinks with friends you're going to have groups of guys and girls probably judging folk as they walk in the door does it bother you then if it does how do you deal with it do you just deal with it exactly the same do you way know what smile i think just like making eye contact and smiling like i'm just thinking of an example which would be like awkward if you were on your own like say there was a big group of people and you trip over if you become really embarrassed about it and you're like oh my god and like running into the corner then mm-hmm. it, like maybe they would kind of laugh at you a little bit. Oh my god, that girl just fell over. But if you're like, ah, like look at them being like, oh my god, I just fell over. <laughs> yeah. Then they yeah. kind of all laugh with you, right? Yeah. So I, I think agree. part of it could be like if there is a really intimidating person at the gym, maybe like it just nod or make it like smile or be like, haha, it's my first day or I don't know. That it or it just like alleviates the tension. Firstly, I don't think mm-hmm. they are judging you. But secondly, if they are, then you've kind of like opened up that, yeah, I know that it's my first day. I don't really know what I'm doing. Like, or or like, oh, it's my first day back. (laughs) Not been here for a while. Can't remember how to lift the weights. (laughs) I don't know. I think something like that for me, that's how I would respond to it. I'd be like, actually, they're a person as well. And one, they're probably not judging me. But two, I just find it like eases the tension. If you, you know, if you do something embarrassing, like laugh at yourself. (laughs) Don't try and cover it up. Or, or, or if you're just going to, just go and fall over. Don't accidentally do it. Just trip up. No, that's <laughs> what, just to make friends. <laughs> oh, there we go. People laugh. Trip over, forward, roll, stand up. There we go. How good was that? 
Do you know what also helps me? So um, not in lockdown, but when I'm emceeing, when I like do events, I can be in front of like hundreds of people. And the first time I did it, I was like, I'm so nervous because what will people think of me? Like, are, are they going to think negative thoughts about me? And I was like, why are you just going into that situation assuming that? So then what I did was just assume that they are all my biggest fans and they really want me to succeed. And then it just makes it all so much easier. Like not assuming that people are going to always think the worst of you because people don't think like that. Like if you saw someone in the gym who was new, what would you think? You'd think that's brilliant. Good for you. I'm really proud of you for doing this. They're probably thinking exactly the same thing. So always, I think, assume the best of people rather than the worst. Yeah. I think, do you know, did, did either of you, when you were doing like public like stuff like public speaking, always get told, always imagine the people that you're speaking to naked. That's yeah. going yeah. to freak out even more. <laughs> you're going to be sitting going, I'm scared. Oh my God, there's lots of willies and vaginas. <laughs> <laughs> I think the thinking behind that is, is that these They're people vulnerable. are vulnerable humans as well, just like you, but you kind of get it bogged down and being like, I mm, wonder what their tits look like. <laughs> that, that's not helping with the lesbian vibes is it <laughs> yeah I love that that's where you went <laughs> do you know what I think part of it is and I because I see a lot of people do this I'm sure I've done it in the past as well is like if you I don't know say you're doing public speaking and you sort of come on and you're like getting your stuff ready and you're kind of like hey guys like thanks for coming like a little bit nervous but I'm sure it will go well like kind of joking to them it's because, and maybe you've touched on it there, Shona, that they see that you're vulnerable and I think automatically they do turn into your biggest fan. They're like, I can see myself in that position and how like nervous I'd be. They're obviously a bit nervous, like I want them to do well. And then you get that feeling of people wanting you to do well as well. I don't know if that's mm. part of it. Do we ice do we icebreaker of that thing of well, I'm shitting myself. Hope you guys are going to enjoy this. Like that little icebreaker just kind of because let's be fair. Any time that you go into like something like public speaking, there always is going to be a bit of a ne- a nervous energy throughout the room, even though it's not them that's speaking because they're sitting going, what have they got to say? Is this going to be? Can I listen to this? So, but why do you work. feel almost the opposite if someone comes on like mega cocky? quite like in your face annoying i like i'm like oh i don't know if i do want you to do really well like i find that quite like it's a different way of like whereas if i if someone came on and i felt like i could relate to them then i would be like automatically their biggest fan like yes i want you to do well i think it's about being real though isn't it because i think people you'll resonate as we've talked about sort of res, how you resonate with different things i think if someone's real and honest and kind of shit myself kind of hoping that the powerpoint projector doesn't go tits up otherwise i'm going to lose i'm going to lose my train of thought whereas rather than someone going and going oh yeah swaggering in because mm. nobody likes a swagger anyway so but there, is, there is a middle ground and to come in and apologize for being there is kind of quite a british thing to do isn't it like oh, so, sorry everyone like i'm taking up some space right now so i definitely think there is a middle ground like you oh, don't yeah. have to go and apologize for your presence but equally don't go in like a big dick and be like right straight up to squat rack out my way um, yeah, there's, but I, I am like laughing at the mental image of Liv walking into the gym and doing some public speaking. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Thank you for your time. <laughs> I'm here at the gym. 
I'm a little nervous. <laughs> I imagine you are too. <laughs> and then trips up. Then trips up and falls off. <laughs> She's also said about uh, Andy saying, just fall over on purpose. And she's like, what? And then just lay there. <laughs> Everyone's like, that girl's been lying there for a long time. Have you ever seen, have you seen, you'll not have seen Family Guy, Emma, have you? Yeah. Have you seen the bit where Peter, oh, whenever he gets hurt, he always holds his shin and goes, <sighs> you just do that in the gym line, the corner, and just rock back and forwards, see if anybody helps. Right, anyway, next question. Uh, from Julia again. Uh, at the end of the month, my friends and I are doing a challenge of walking 24 miles in 24 hours i am planning on doing all of my miles in one hit so about 50k steps should i do anything differently calorie wise i don't believe it overly challenging (laughs) (laughs) so compared to a run well yeah Um, do i need to feel my workout or can i just enjoy some guilt-free calories after the walk this is going to be the one where i'm going to say if you think it's not overly challenging you don't need to change your calories Yeah, I think it is going to be quite challenging. Yeah, yeah I think it, it is. Yeah. I would bring some snacks. How long does a 24 mile walk take? I don't know. <laughs> Doing it all in one go, so I assume it doesn't take 24 hours, no? One, unless you're ever. walking one mile an hour. Yeah. <laughs> Christ, turtles and tortoises and snails do it quicker okay. than that. Yeah, so it would be over if if you don't think it's overly challenging. It's kind of like, um, see when people ask, is it fifty lunges each leg or fifty lunges in total? I'll always say each leg because they've just asked the question. Yeah, which <laughs> means they can do both. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, if someone asks, if someone says they don't think it's going to be challenging, then well, then just stick to your same yeah, calories. Maybe do forty-eight miles. <laughs> Not going to be yeah, challenging. 40, 40 hours. Okay, Amy, the dreaded fitness tracker. I've got a MyZone band, and since switching to weight workouts, my heart rate is not as high during, so I'm not earning as many MIPS. MIPS? What's a MIP? What uh, is it? Just... A MET? M E T? M E P S. Don't know what that is. Let me okay. Google it while you're doing the question. MIP. Just it definitely needs to be said like that from now on, though. Mibs. Mibs. So it's apparently a member of the European Parliament. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do see the problem that with that, actually. Always really sad when I don't earn many of those in my workouts. So she just needs reassurance that weight workouts are still as good, even if heart rate not as high. Previous training was more hip style or faster weights. Right, so MEPS are the MyZone effort points, which is tailored to how hard your heart is working. So in other words, randomly given points for potentially your heart rate, how hard your heart rate's beating. So the more... Just take some crack cocaine. That'll increase your heart rate. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, maybe don't that's do like, that. That's still, one of, that's still one of my favourite memes. The ones, please send me your weight loss tips. Um, what was it? <laughs> Lots of clean, lots of clean eating. Drink lots of water, and I can't stress as more as importantly enough, lots of cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, the the the, the issue is with Did the heart you know, rate. Did you know? what? Like, I don't know if this was 
if this is common, Andy, I feel like you'll know because you're probably most in the bodybuilding world, but I know a couple of female bodybuilding athletes who took cocaine during their prep to keep them, like, moving. Yeah, it's it's crazy because, obviously, the more, the the, the tougher the, or the, the bigger the deficit that you're working in trying to get to the point of being, like, see-through skin, um, like you have got zero energy, like nothing whatsoever. And unfortunately, caffeine can only push you so far, especially if you're taking it numerous times a day. So there's loads and loads of people. I think that's that's probably um, one of the reasons that there are so many deaths from in probably in bodybuilding. Is it's, not, not, it's, not, it's nothing to do with the assistance and steroids. It's to do with heart attacks from taking um, from taking. Um, uh, what am I trying to say? Ephedrine, uh, maybe? Ephedrine. Well, like any stimulants, I guess they get like higher and higher. Like, I mean, you start with caffeine and then you take an ephedrine and then you're taking you cocaine, apparently. Really, you would be like getting to a point where you're questioning your life choices if you take something that's so addictive. Like, they're not going to be like getting to their show and then just stopping taking cocaine. Like, that's, that's a habit they've got now, surely. Yeah, I yeah think but it's you also- can almost see like the gateway drug like well cocaine's not but like leading up to that i've i was uh reading something this week and it totally scared me because it was like talking about this girl who had back pain and was put on all these like painkillers and i got given so many painkillers like a ridiculous amount and then obviously like the pain kept persisting and blah blah blah. and i was just thinking like if i hadn't got my surgery when i had and i had to wait I'd be on more and more and more and becoming more reliant on them. And then anyway, she started taking heroin. She <gasps> went to rehab and then she got pregnant. That's why she was in rehab. And anyway, then she died because she took a heroin overdose. Well, is, it that... not some, is there not some mad stats across in America that the more... Yeah, it was America. The, yeah. The yeah. number of over there is to do with opioids. And that's like medically or, or farm, like you get your prescription. It's to do with getting given stuff by your doctor not by yeah but i think it's because you get given say a lot of diazepam or something yeah and then you need more of something that's stronger so you move to heroin apparently and then you become addicted to that with awful i remember my mum kept saying that like while i was when i had a bad back she's like i'm just really worried that you're gonna because obviously you hear things like that and i was like i'm pretty sure that's not gonna happen but i can like genuinely see how that would happen yeah you would do it if you were in that much pain i i had a client who was from america and he came across with a bad back and he was given tramadol and then he went to like the gp in in glasgow asking for tramadol and they gave him paracetamol and he had to go (laughs) had to go cold turkey and he was really struggling um, so yeah, it's crazy what they give for you in America. Yeah, you, like they give you, you really good travel? drugs when you first go with your back, and then they're like, "Oh no, we're only allowed to give you one dose of that." Did you take tramadol with your back? Yeah, I I remember getting tramadol after my knee operation, and I had one night of taking painkillers, and I had the fucking weirdest dreams in the world, and just went, "Nah, they're gone." <laughs> chucked them I was like I can't take any of this stuff so it was just like properly well I didn't sleep so that was fine (laughs) didn't have to worry about (laughs) dreams oh wow hallucinations maybe 
Uh, okay, so Laura is struggling with the whole deficit thing. Feel I'm eating too much and not moving enough, even though I'm hitting my daily steps, training four times a week. 1,500 is my calories, and I only hit 12, 1,300 at most. Terrified did we answer the question before? I can't remember what it was now. The fitness tracker. Oh, no, we didn't. No, we, we actually... didn't. We just started talking about KK. Tangents, tangents. Um, yeah, the, the heart rate tracker, the, the heart rate trackers, the, the biggest issue that we have with them is, again, we don't know what the algorithm is that they use to, to do anything. But the reason that you'll be burning more calories from doing your hit sessions is because your heart rate's probably sitting higher for longer. Whereas a weight session... The, the your heart rate will go up but it'll probably come down quite quick because you'll have in your rest times between sets and um your heart has enough time to recover whereas a hit session like a hit session you're high end for the full session so you probably find that that's why you're getting more points but again don't use that as a judge on how good your session is the same way as you wouldn't use it uh, how much you sweat as how good a session you've done mm-hmm. agreed i think Again, a lot of people get worried about how many calories they've burnt during a workout, but in the grand scheme of the day, it's quite irrelevant. You don't burn that many calories doing exercise, and that isn't why we want you to be doing exercise. Our main focus is for you to be building muscle, not necessarily how many calories you're burning during that. You can focus on your calorie burn for the other 23 hours of the day where you're looking at your diet and your your activity levels. So don't stress that you've burned 100 less calories during your workout not particularly important to us yeah okay do you remember the the question that i just asked do you want me to read it out again yeah yeah (laughs) well laura is struggling with the whole deficit thing she feels she's eating too much not moving enough even though she's hitting her daily steps and training four times a week her our target is 1500 she only hits 12 1300 at most she's terrified to stand in the scale daily as she feels bloated and full Oh, I don't I sound cheery. Did a high protein diet a few years ago and put on a stone and never lost it. Really need to change the cycle and mentality, but do need help. Bearing in mind, I've just started training to started to train for a marathon in October, but I feel really heavy running. And then Julia's recommended to listen to episode two hundred of the podcast. Oh, which one's that again? I don't know. Right, let's go. Anyway. Um, so number 200 is increasing calories. Oh. Oh, yeah, that would be a good one to listen to. But the other point is, like, you will 100% be in a deficit training for a marathon at 1,500 calories. I don't even know what you weigh at the moment, but there's no chance that you wouldn't be in a deficit at that. So try not to stress about that. If you are feeling bloated around, like, again, like keeping a diary of maybe what you've eaten, how you've slept, your stress levels, other things that are going on, so we could see if there is something causing you to be bloated, or if it's just the fact that maybe your food volume has increased because you've changed you've eat- what you're eating. If you're eating more than what you have before, it'll be food volume, be a good chance of that, you know, and you're still not hitting the 1500. Um, I yeah. would really try and increase that like there is no way you can train for a marathon on no. even like I'm I probably put your calories up less than I would normally because of what you've said in your initial information about being worried about putting your calories up but even 1500 is probably not enough to fuel you for a marathon 
Like if, mm-hmm. if you're doing even like the start of marathon training, really. But 1200, 12 to 1300, there's no way. And I think maybe if you do start just consistently increasing your calories or at least getting to 1500, then you'll realize mm-hmm. your energy levels shoot up a little bit as well. And you start to be more active generally and your neat goes up and maybe you just start to feel a little bit better about things. So I would focus on that. Also, if the scale is ruining your day and you're worried about stepping on it every single day, stop weighing yourself. Mm-hmm. That's you the can't one, get your one. head around it logically, don't yeah. use it. Definitely one to think about is, is that, especially if you're running, you're training for a marathon, scale weight's not going to be your number one measure of what you're doing at the moment. If you're running a marathon, it's getting the miles under the wheels, having energy, being able to recover, you know, so using the scales as your progress goal, as your progress mark at the moment, it's probably mm-hmm. not the best thing for you. Yeah. It's also just over a week into Commit to Six. It's very early days. So I think probably another good podcast for you to listen to is the patience one. Sounds like you're doing all the right things, maybe increase your calories slightly. But apart from that, if you're training four times a week, you're doing your daily steps, you're doing everything right. You just need to keep doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Zippy. I set my, (laughs) I wonder if their name is Zippy. I really hope it is. That's cool. Um, I set my alarm early to do my exercises, but most times I get interrupted by my kids, so I'll do them in bits and pieces throughout the day. Am I getting the same benefits if I were to otherwise do them in one session? That's awesome that you're doing that because the amount of people that would get interrupted and then just sack it, do you know what I mean? Like she's still going back to it and doing them later in the day. Um, Probably not optimal, but it's, it's what you can do. It's how you make it work. So I would say that that sounds fine. Yeah, I agree. I think, one, it's amazing that you're going back and getting it done. And the most important thing is that you're getting it done, full Mm -hmm. stop. Whether it's optimal or not. I mean, you could technically, I guess, argue it a little bit both ways. That if you're having like ridiculously long rest periods, then maybe you get in better reps or you can lift heavier weights Mm -hmm. or, you know, there's less fatigue element there. But equally, on the other side of that, the fatigue element can be important for growth and reaching near failure can be important for stimulating some more of the bigger muscle fibers to grow. So there are like pros and cons to doing that. So I wouldn't worry that you're doing it because there could be a benefit, but also there might be a bit of a negative side as well, Uh, which kind of means if that's how you can get things in, then great cool um becky question one does it really actually matter when you eat your calories i am adhering to my target but only eat two protein bars between 6 a.m and 6 p.m then have a big tea works for me but is there any issue with this way of eating so does she eat then after six is that what she's saying i think yeah i think maybe during the day she just has two protein bars and then at night she has a big dinner right Honestly, on like a physiological level, pro- that I mean, that's probably not the worst thing in the world. Like, mm. doesn't hugely matter. More on like a behavioral and psychological level. Again, and this is so individual. Some people will do completely fine on that. I just think that maybe that will catch up with you, or maybe you'll want to 
not live like that forever and then I guess more so if you can see that as a tool for you at the moment and a way of eating that suits you but you realize that it's your total intake over the day that matters and if you did want to go out for brunch with your mates on the weekend that's not going to completely derail you because you don't normally eat during that time it would I definitely wouldn't suggest it to someone but I also don't think it's the end of the world if it's working for you and mentally you're fine doing it and you don't feel over restricted and it's not turning into binge eating because I think that can sometimes happen when people push intermittent fasting a little bit too much which isn't exactly what you're doing um and the other thing I would say is like ideally I would probably swap one of those protein bars for like a salad or something like a even if if you're on the go like a subway salad it's probably about the same calories and macros as a protein bar but you're gonna get more nutrients in there it's a more nutritious meal it's probably going to fill you up a little bit more as well so those would be my suggestions is a subway salad good i've never had one i really like them i mean they're quite they're quite bland like it's just there's just a salad but i'm pretty sure it's like 250 calories and about 20 grams of protein or something so if you're Mm. on the go and you're looking for something pretty lean and it's relatively satiating because there's a fair amount of volume in there you're going to get in a couple of servings of fruit and veg Mm -hmm. yeah okay question two i love the podcast and have recommended them to lots of people but can you please do a mega mix of top tips for those moments where you need someone to tell you everything's okay that sounds way more pathetic than it should the impatience podcast is the best one i've ever heard but i would love a mega mix slash top 10 of the most powerful messages all in one place. Oofed. I think what you should do is maybe do what I've done. Um, and I do this for myself and for my clients or for people in commit to sex, whatever, is I've listened to like most of them. And if like there's a message that comes up in the check-ins regularly, I'll just like send them the link to like so I've got like a list in my notes about like if someone asks about increasing calories or if someone asks about like going vegan or something like that I'll send them like the link to um the specific podcast but then equally I think as well like every single podcast is important but then you might listen to it one day and the message doesn't resonate with you and then you might listen to it next week and the message really hits different yeah, so or I'll, like the maintenance podcast might not be of use to you at the moment because you're in fat loss, but uh-huh. actually down the road, you're like, that's really important to me. Um, I kind of do like the idea of like the top 10 take homes <laughs> from the podcast so far. I just don't know exactly how to collate it. Yeah, Number one, good. you got this. Number two, <laughs> you. You got to do the film voice as well. <laughs> yeah. What would number three be? You're probably not in a calorie deficit. <laughs> number four, it depends. <laughs> <laughs> number ten, go fuck I yourself. <laughs> You're like, what did you say, Sony? Said number ten, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think we should probably go quite soon. It's been over an hour. Yeah. How many more um, questions do we have? Uh, quite a few. <laughs> quite a few. One, two, three, four, five, six, something like that. Six or seven. Um, but 
you know, that's good. We can just do another yeah. podcast. We'll come back for part two. Uh, yeah. Do you want to do a final question? Uh, okay. John, um, <laughs> make it a goodie. Oh, the pressure. Do you want one about collagen? No. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, more. Okay, actually, we can cover collagen just because it comes up all the time, and I don't know which company is pushing it at the moment or something. Because I don't know why it seems to be so popular at the moment. I don't think I've ever had questions about it until the last like three months. It's, I think a lot of it's coming through the sort of beauty aspect of stuff. Like there seems to be a lot of collagen getting pushed for hair, skin, nails, all that kind of stuff. Similarly to having like biotin and stuff like that. Um, I've heard of like rugby players or like uh, former athletes taking it for their joints. So again, it's one of those weird ones where if you're if you're doing it, buying it off the shelf, it's probably not going to do anything for you. The issue is is this it's the the under the under the counter stuff that you're getting from certain doctors in certain countries that is probably going to be the thing that gives you the most benefit. And unfortunately, we do not recommend them. Could you not just eat like bone marrow or something? Is that the same thing? It's, it's, the, it's trying to get it across like the, the into your stomach and get it into your system and stuff because your, your, your gut's pretty damn good at keeping what it needs and shitting out the rest pretty much. Um, but it's the same thing as like the ketones and stuff. It seems to be there's like that little point that everything it keeps regurgitating so it's ketones then it's peptides and then it's collagen and then they just keep rotating the same shit every six months to try to keep their sales their sales pitch up um because like ketones disappeared for about six months and then it's come back again Mm. same as collagen collagen disappeared for six months and then it's back again like i didn't remember ever getting asked about collagen until like this nice again yeah it's something that's kind of just recently, like I remember seeing it with, well, one of my ex was in the sort of beauty industry and she, they were absolutely pushing the shit out of collagen for Yeah, I think they do in, in beauty and I always found it quite, like, it would be like in a face mask. And I'm like, how do you think the collagen's going to get through your skin? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, your skin's there to, like, keep it out. And the mm-hmm. particle would be way bigger than how... What was the other thing that they used to do? Um, stem cells as well. And I'm like, if they worked, that would be freaking terrifying. Like, mm. that would increase your cancer risk massively if you could just suddenly have, like, dividing cells mm-hmm. like or amplify that process. Like, that's quite a scary concept. Um, do you remember transdermal technology? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get caffeine at my tits by rubbing on my thighs. Yeah. I'm um, surprised how well that did. So there used to be a company called Transdermal Tech. Was it called that? Yeah, yeah, TDT. Yeah. And basically, instead of taking supplements, you would just spray them onto your skin. No. So the basics were that you had to do... Caffeine got sprayed onto your hands. Was it? And rubbed in magnesium got sprayed onto the muscle that you'd work that day so if i've done legs i'll spray it on my quads um so apart from looking like a pure sex pest when you're spraying yourself down in the gym and rubbing it in it really did it have did. baby oil in so that you at least look like shiny a wee, a wee, a wee bit shiny also the, the other weird thing with the magnesium one is, is imagine when you're it... just doing like a workout and you started spraying me with the caffeine go 
<laughs> and I was sitting going, fuck it, come on, more away. It's like, I'm did bang. you, um, what's that smelling salt thing? Smelling salts. Smell salts, yeah. Like that. Just start spraying people. That's a, super soaker. Have you seen have you seen that in the gym though? The smelling salts thing. Yeah. It's absolutely hilarious. It's the belt clipped in, wrist straps on, <laughs> and then they go and bench like 30 kilos. And you're like, what fuck off? Like, go, no way. Like you're doing smelling salts for every single set. Like smelling salts is supposed to be done at like your maximal top end stuff. But what does it do? Does it like Vasodilate. Vasodilates. It opens. It's genuinely like smelling sick ass. Everything all together. Is it not the same thing as like, see when they like pull their ears and like pinch them, it makes them really angry? Uh, It's it's because it smells horrific. Like you would be angry smelling it. I'm going to guess that's what you're going to have to deal with when you you end up giving birth, Shona, in a nappy. You could just use that as smelling salts. Well, it's ammonia. Is it not ammonia? It's ammonia, yeah. yeah. So, and then, can that just make you pass out if it's like massive vasodilation? Yeah, you'll pass out, but it's also what you use to wake you up as well if yeah. you pass out. <laughs> okay, well, we didn't answer that question, but basically, collagen, I wouldn't suggest collagen. Um, there is a little bit of research around uh, joints, and I think there's quite an interesting study. This is on gelatin and injury risk in collegiate level i think american football players i mean is that appropriate to our client base probably not it was also like ridiculously like the study protocol was kind of strange it was like multiple times a day of certain agility exercises and then immediately after taking gelatin and showing that that reduced the amount of injury occurrence in that year's football games Mm-hmm. Yeah. There so, an- if that's appropriate to you, then maybe <laughs> consider taking it. Different level. Yeah, probably not required for your body composition goals, Moira. It's also, I think they've been. There's a lot of folk trying to push it as like a protein su- substitute as well. Yeah, and like, but weighs uh, better. Weighs better. It's much cheaper, and there's more protein availability from it. Like, so yeah. More leucine. Way better. Lucy. Way better. <laughs> Way. Okay, I think we should stop. Andy, do you want yeah. to do the podcast chat? If you would like to give us a rating, pop yourself onto wherever you get your podcast from and give us a five star rating because you know we're worth it. Um, especially with all that, with Shona's new hairdo, the L'Oreal flick hair sweet. There you go. Um, Maybe I should put this on YouTube so people can see. Especially with Shona acting all coy and sassy there. It's a different, that's a different clientele will be watching the YouTube video. <laughs> Any lesbians that. out there? <laughs> Interested in a pregnant lesbian? <laughs> okay, that's too close to home. Let's stop. Sorry. <laughs> Are you a pregnant lesbian? No. Right. Andy, <laughs> go fuck yourself. <laughs> oh, actually, finally, if you are interested in joining Commit Six because we're so professional <laughs> and you're just like, I really want those people looking after my health and fitness, then head to esgfitness.co.uk and you can put yourself on the waiting list for the next intake. That is oh. all. We shall be back to answer the rest of the questions 
shortly. Ciao.